Hola. We're back. Hola. We're back. We're back. We're back at Lunch Plus. Thank you for joining us today. It's going to be a wonderful day on the broadcast. What's in store for him today, B -b -b buddy? Well, first off, today my mom's here. Mom. Hi, Hi mom. Chris. She's not your mom. Hello. She's my mom. You can't call her mom. Hello, I bet she'd mom. let me call her mom. Uh, I bet she's nice enough that she would. Kind enough, mm, compassionate enough. I can't. <laughs> All right, well, here's what we got share, today on the broadcast. <laughs> today we're going to be starting off with Food Mash. Um, after, oh, we're, I'm excited about this one because it involves chocolate. But anyway, after Food Mash, we got a uh, time of prayer. After prayer, we have a short Truth Talk video. And after Truth Talk video, Mom, uh, after Truth Talk video, <laughs> Uh, we're going to have uh, top 10, Barrett's going to be giving her top 10 candies. Let's just pray she doesn't disappoint us today. And after, after the top 10, we have the man who would be king. It's going to be great. What kind of sentence was that? Let's pray Barrett doesn't disappoint us today. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and ha, Buddy's mom says that I can call her mom. Ha <laughs> hello um, mom. It's so great to have you on. It's just... We're all family in the kingdom of God. I'm so excited. Yeah, sure. It just feels weird. clearly do not enjoy it. So, so okay, like the word, <laughs> like mom is like, or mom or dad, like those are things that I'm like, either you're born into it or you have to like earn it, you know, like a spiritual mother or spiritual father. Like that's in my mind. It took a long time for me to call my in-laws mom and dad. And because I, I know they wanted me to, but it took a long time because I'm like, I'm going to have to earn it. <laughs> like, well, and receives. now I do, but... I don't have to yeah. earn anything. I just freely receive it. All right, so moving on to the first question. It's family time. <laughs> oh, it's family time. <laughs> it's family time. It's family time, which means Mama Crabtree. It's so good to have you on today. Share the broadcast. It really is going to be a great one. We're super excited to have you on. And comment, tell us who you are, where you're watching from, so that way we can say hello to you. So hello, hello. Mama Crabtree. Hello. Kevin said Barrett's top 10 is not everyone's top 10. It's not. That's why I had to make true. that prayer. <laughs> uh, look, your mom says she didn't realize that you were so literal. <laughs> I'm really enjoying the fact that your mom is on the broadcast right now. It brings yeah. me joy. Okay, question number one, family <laughs> chat. <laughs> Wait, that's not a question. Oh. Popcorn and okay, mustard. Okay, no, so I think we're missing a graphic. That's okay. Um, we're starting something new. I see that this now. This week. <laughs> I'm like, that's this, not a question. This week, for the rest of the week, would you eat it? These are the questions that we're talking about. Yes. Would, would you, you eat, eat it? it? So we're going to have these on each day for the rest of the week and into Monday. And you have to let us know if you would eat this. And then at some point... Food Nash, we're probably going to eat these combinations of food. These are real combinations that real people eat, according to BuzzFeed and yeah. other websites. These are like super popular, weird concoctions of hmm. food. Well, yesterday <laughs> we had popcorn and ketchup, or we Monday we had, because it's Wednesday. Yes. We had we had uh, ketchup and popcorn. Yes. Because apparently that's something that Canadians eat all so the time. So what was the first one? It was uh, popcorn and mustard. Popcorn yes. and mustard. So honestly, I would try it. I feel like that would actually be pretty good. I no. think it would. I like French fries and mustard. No. Like if I you cook it, if you cook it after nope. you put the mustard on it, so that it like caramelizes, I think it'd actually be pretty decent. I think Absolutely if you took no. it and dipped it in mustard. It would be Kevin good. said yes. William said no. Johnny then said you can no. Get fancy wouldn't go honey mustard. Absolutely be really not. Good. Then Kevin made a wrong statement. Mustard makes everything good. What? That is true. <laughs> I think that mustard. So mayo is I can my think least of things favorite that condiment won't go in the world is mayonnaise. Mm. Right below it is mustard. Uh, I think really? mustard's disgusting. So like, okay. would mustard you eat a peanut butter and mustard good. sandwich? Nope. Yes. 
Really? Kevin or do Natalie would not. <laughs> once. Do you once. put mustard in your tuna salad? No. Yes. No. Yes. I don't know. Yes. I've, I've never it's had tuna salad. It's not just mayonnaise salad, and pickle. You have to have mustard. What did you just say? I've never had tuna salad. You were I've only been in the south. Years old. That's I've only been in the south. Tuna salad is in the north. It, yeah, but I've never had it. <laughs> <laughs> so. You can't use. I've only been. I like to. I like to blame the blame my northernness. Mustard is biblical. That's just wrong. It is Must, really mustard gross. seeds are. Okay. <laughs> Would you eat this next thing? Banana and bacon and mayo sandwich. Absolutely not. Uh, bacon, pass. yes. I don't know if I would do the mayonnaise and peanut butter, but I would try. It's all in sandwich format. But so. it depends on. So, all right, so you got to get specific when you say mayo. Because some people call it Miracle Whip mayo, and that is not. If it's not Duke's, it's not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's not Dukes, it's not mayo. So, are we talking Dukes? Whatever mayo? mayonnaise fits sure. your trigger. Yes. Are we talking fake mayo? We're Whatever. talking Dukes. Sure. For your Sounds sake. Great. Dukes, I would try it. Hard pass. Bacon Dukes. makes everything good. If it's disgusting, you add bacon, it's delicious. Hard pass. See. Kevin says yes. William says never. William is my people. Johnny says not the mayo. I'm with Johnny as well. I'd skip the, but this is all together. Would you do all three of these things together? See, the question is, would you. Would you try it, right? Or would you eat it? Would you eat it? The question is the not, would you eat this continually the for the rest of sandwich. your life? The full sandwich. Would you eat the full sandwich? Okay, so let's reword this. Not a bite this. of it. The if full sandwich. If that was the last thing on earth to eat, would you eat it? Oh, I, yeah. The Lord sustains me. I'm super good. Man doesn't live on <laughs> bacon, whatever Mayo sandwiches alone. <laughs> Hard pass. I would try it. I would yep. try it. Mayonnaise, I don't think mayonnaise is good on anything. Well, so mayonnaise... I, like mayonnaise is disgusting. Well, see, William is also with. I put mayonnaise and deviled eggs. I put it's mayonnaise good. with like a bacon egg and cheese sandwich. I put mayonnaise on that. I so use like, Greek you yogurt got bacon. instead. Like I will find mayonnaise on burgers. No. Everything. All your even if you take your chicken and you yeah. you like, pay, like. No. Nope. Put mayonnaise on it and then roll it in like flour and then nope. fry it. It makes it even better. No. Nope. Hmm. Butter or Greek yogurt keeps it juicy. Kevin said, "I eat the word of God." I don't know why, but I just had like a visual of like Kevin sitting at home. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay. W would you eat? Would you physically eat the Bible? No. <laughs> I guess that's. Is, it, is that going to be the next one? Uh, probably not. Next All right. One, what's the next one? Next food combo. Peanut butter, pickles, and sriracha. Yes, I would do that. I mean, peanut butter and pickles is actually pretty good. We've tried that before. Hey, and I think if you add anything spicy to it, it just makes it better. Yeah, peanut butter and pickle sandwiches are surprisingly actually really good. Like, we did this on What's Right a few months ago, and, and it was I solid. I think I ate a lot of it. You did. <laughs> I also ate, what, what was it, with the Pepsi? That everybody <laughs> thought Pepsi was and good. milk. Did you yes, see that what, was actually good. Did you see what William put? He said there was a guy on death row who actually did eat the Bible. He was weird. <laughs> So Kevin said he would try this one. William said he'd try this one. So far, William and I have been like, J William, Johnny, and I have been the same mm -hmm. all the way through. Yeah. Johnny would try it as well. Becca says, you know. Pastor Nicole says, hi, y'all. Love you. Purple heart. I'd try most anything with pickles. Natalie I know says, Scarlett no. would so, Scarlett is like me. She has a love for pickles. You can okay. fry them. You put them on a sandwich. Eat them by itself. It doesn't matter. Boil them, mash them, put them in a stew. Yep. Pickles. <laughs> or just the pickle juice. Honestly, though, everything so, huh. that we've tried with the food mesh with pickles actually works. It's true. Surprisingly. Yes. Pickles, so, like, 
Pickles and sriracha mm. on their own is really good. Like, I've done that just mm. for kicks. I've actually also scooped out like the inside <laughs> and put tuna salad in the inside and then sriracha on top. Sriracha so I would on try tuna it. salad's good. Long kosher story short, pickles. I would try it. Yes, it's really, really good. Uh, William says kosher pickles are a gift from heaven. <gasps> yes. Buddy, Papa Crabtree's watching. Hi, Dad. <laughs> Are we going to go through the same conversation? Is that Barrett's dad, too? We're not going through the same conversation. He is my father. I have his name. <laughs> Becca says she loves pickles, but not with peanut butter. Bex, you've got to try it before you immediately say no. I promise it sounds weird, mm. but it makes for a Some of these concoctions sandwich. sound like pregnancy cra cravings. Truth. Like, I can see a pregnant woman it's going, nah, let's try it. You need it. That, that's got to be like the, the next one that you look up is um, uh, what do weird, weird pregnancy eat? cravings. Yeah. And then, like, we can use that in Food Mash. Kevin says, hey, buddy, senior. Hello, Mr. He's actually junior. I'm the third. Oh. Whoa. I feel really you weird know, about Jade calling your dad. Jade wouldn't let junior. me name Oliver after me because well, he's he would be the third. So. Huh? Jade doesn't like the thirds. That's why I couldn't name Oliver after me. So she doesn't like me? She does. That's not what he's saying. <laughs> she doesn't like anyone who's like, the third. But then you could call him Trip. And she was like, no. Mm. No. I don't like your name. I was like, well, you're married. And you don't like my name. Are you the third? I'm a junior. You're so junior. Oliver would have been the third. Gotcha. And she was like, no. No. Not a fan of the name. <laughs> Quite, uh, food combination number four. <laughs> She's like, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Fries and milkshake. Is that Duh. a weird thing? What? Is that a weird thing? Oh, I don't know. It was on the weird list. I, I, mean, I thought you were saying, is that like... It's not bad, thing? but I never understood what, what the big deal the was draw, with that. Yeah, it's like, I would eat it. I just... Because I, I like my, my fries hot, and if you dip it in milkshake, then your fries are cold. And cold fries are no good. Oh, the, I, I do this one, absolutely. William says this one is amazing and, and should, should be, be cherished, cherished by, by all. William, I just... 10 for 10, William. Johnny <laughs> says yes. My... My but then, pals. Would you do your pals? But would you do Bojangles fries in a milkshake with the seasoning salt? Yeah, I do ah. it in a chocolate milkshake. Because that's different. It's different. I would do it in a chocolate milkshake because then that's like spicy chocolate. Like when you get the chocolate bars that have like the hot stuff in them, I'd do that. Okay. Sure would. Sure would. Kevin says, I mean, of course. I mean, yeah, I, I would do it. I just would prefer not to. Sweet and salty are my f is my favorite combination of any food type things yeah. ever. Like, so like chocolate covered pretzels? Yes. I feel like we should have that today for food match. Thank you, William. Well, Those chocolate and pretzels go meals. together. The world may never know. Let's, Paul is let's reading William's comment. It says, Bojangles fries are too good to be mixed. Pastor Nicole says, I, I knew, I knew that my spiritual mama would be right there. Salty <laughs> fries and sweet milkshakes. Yes, this is a perfect post hockey game snack. William says Bojangles fries with milkshakes would be heretical. William, you need to come right back on my side, man. You're tiptoeing to dangerous territory. Kevin right, says William, caliente shake. Kevin, Kevin and I are pals. Uh, Johnny says chocolate with chilies. Yes, though I saw that the other day at the Biltmore. Is hmm. chocolate bars with hot chili peppers, which reminds me, I need to buy the, the chocolate, fuego. the fuego, fuego chocolate, chocolate bars. That'll just be something we have to do with Buddy, because yep. Okay. They're really, buddy, they're, Are they good? I've watched Are they bad? the videos of people eating people these. People get hurt. I, I like hot stuff, but <laughs> I feel like this would be way beyond my my comfort zone with heat. But so, so for the sake of the gospel, I'll do it. It's a what's so, unfortunate. So uh, let's backtrack for a second. 
Uh. Barrett said, this is something I'd like to see Buddy try. And then she says, it hurts people. <laughs> There's a warning So right follow this train of thinking. There's a warning label. I don't want to see you. Do you want to see me? I'm face. participating in this because Paul and I have already agreed to do this together for the broadcast. Okay. You're one of us. There's now. a warning label that comes with the chocolate. There is? There is. <laughs> Welcome to the family. It has ghost peppers and reaper peppers and everything infused into the chocolate. Like it's a white chocolate, but the chocolate's orange. <laughs> so thanks for being on Lunch Plus. This is a preview of apparently what is to come at some point, but not today. Today we have awesome things coming up in store for you. Does chocolate really go on everything? Found out. The guys are about to find out. And we're going to have some prayer, truth talk, and my top 10 candies. And then we'll be back with a word. Stick around. We'll be back in 30 seconds for Food Mash. Why, hello, guys. <laughs> hello, <laughs> hello, hello. Why, hello. Welcome that looks awesome. I'm excited. To the very next Chocolate. food smash. <laughs> very next, as opposed to the next, next. I don't know if anyone else was following my train of thought. No one else was following. <laughs> Nobody Where else was following. Welcome I was looking at the to chocolate. the next food mash. Today we have chocolate covered foods. So, so it's going to be a good it. one. Before you get into it, table of contents. Before Ooh. we get into that though, what is up on our table of contents for today? First off, right now we're having food mash. Will someone throw up? Will someone cry? We don't know. <laughs> I don't like Keep how watching <laughs> to find out. <laughs> okay. After that, we'll have prayer, and then we'll have our truth talk video, and then we'll see Barrett's top ten somethings, candies. I didn't know if we had told him yet. And then we'll have the man who would be king. It's yes. going to be an awesome day. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited. You all should be very excited. I'm not sure if they should be excited, but we'll find out. <laughs> well, I don't like how you premised it with, yeah. will they throw up or cry? Yeah. We'll yeah. find yeah. out. Yeah. Do we need trash cans? Yeah. Is there a third option? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or will or they will thoroughly enjoy it? this? Will right. you love it? I don't know. First off today, we have Parmesan chocolate bars. That sounds amazing. That actually sounds interesting. Parmesan cheese. It looks like I'm a... I'm taking the big chunk. I don't I'm know if it's covered. Like. You guys ready? Like... I'm going all in. You ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. That wasn't all in. Is this milk chocolate? I thought you were going all in, like throwing the whole thing. Oh, my bad. So, yeah. I'm the only one that went all in. No, I went all in. You threw the whole thing in? Yeah. All right, my God. <laughs> that's actually not bad. So, that's not actually bad. pretty good. That's yeah. awesome. So, the. Yeah, just put Really, mm. all it tastes like is like chocolate, but with like little tiny grains in it. Like, you can't taste the Parmesan no. cheese really at all. Chocolate all yeah, and the, the, par in the Parmesan is just a tad sour, so I think it really. It enhances the chocolate. Yep. Really? You know what I mean? No, not at all. You don't think so? I can't taste it at all. Try another piece and try. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna find one that's Put like the super. Put the down on your tongue. You know how when you add like salt, <laughs> I wanna find one that's like coated. You know when you you still eat, couldn't taste the parmesan. When you're eating chocolate and you and you add salt. Oh, I taste it. It kind of it makes the makes the sweet sweeter. You know what I'm talking about? No. no. Okay, disregard. <laughs> okay, that one I tasted the parmesan, and still couldn't. 
It, like, really, it's just like it's eating chocolate, but with Parmesan coating. I don't know. Can we just? Plate? Yeah, we'll like, just stay here for a while. They don't. They don't not go together, but they don't go together. I, I hope that makes I, sense. I, uh, personally, I could Are you following my train of thought? <laughs> no, because I'm about ready to go get some Hershey's and some Parmesan cheese. <laughs> and just, just sit down. And just get. Well, that's amazing. That's awesome. awesome. So, do, so you think it works? Oh, I'm down. Paul, do you think it goes together? I mean, I couldn't taste the Parmesan. Really? I just tasted, made the chocolate taste a lot sweeter. Mm. Okay. So. I even tried to put Parmesan straight down on the tongue and still couldn't taste the Parmesan. Really? When I put the Parmesan straight down, I could taste it a little bit, but not that much. So Next. all in all, thumbs up or down? Yeah. I do side. Sweet. Yes. Next. What we got here? <laughs> no peeking. I saw already. <laughs> Next, we have chocolate covered spicy Cheetos. Are these the flaming hot ones that no, I shoved up my nose? Yes. Are you going all in, Kevin? <laughs> not the these are not the actual. Ones. Okay, they're not the actual exact ones. ones. These were not up my nose. We were merciful yeah. enough <laughs> yeah. to get a new bag. Uh, we, just, but it'll cheers. probably it'll it'll be nice to oh, actually man. have these. Oh, cheers. Um, not in, in my mouth. Yeah. Wonderful. Delicious. <laughs> my goodness, this is pretty good. <laughs> well, I like so this job. Who this came up with these? Definitely oh. their favorite. EO, if this was your good. idea, you're awesome. This is interesting to me. Because, like, my tongue doesn't know what's happening. He's <laughs> <laughs> in it's like, confusion. It's like, is this sweet or am I in pain? <laughs> Zesty or is this chocolate. salty? Is this, like, sweet, salty, hot? Mm. Who cares? <laughs> Let's go delicious. for some more. That is really it's good. It's crunchy. Yep. It's like, so, I was watching Jimmy Neutron yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you remember the episode when he made like that candy and everyone got like addicted to it, but like he was like the perfect combination of sweet, salty, uh, spicy, and Ooh. crispy, and like that's what this is. Yeah, so. the spice is hitting me now. Mm -hmm. That's good. So we have made the perfect candy, guys. Mm. The plate, I don't know if y'all can see, mm -hmm. there is only one left on the plate. Hey, there was for Oh, <laughs> Right, well, oh. that was that. Awesome. All <laughs> that right. was that one, so you can guys can have a visual of it. Oh my god! So What's next? All, thumbs up. Thumbs down. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. That was I powerful. like flaming hot Cheetos. It looked like cat poop. All right. <laughs> it really did look like cat poop, but it tasted good. I don't like Cheetos. I hate Cheetos, but with the chocolate, that was powerful. Next up, you we had a have spiritual experience. The one that may throw everyone off the edge. Oh, praise God! This is um, chocolate-covered shrimp, guys. Oh, now, this is interesting. Chocolate covered shrimp. They're no longer covered though. It's. It didn't bond well, huh? It did not. That's so all right. I will get a hunk of chocolate and a hunk of shrimp. Well, if you're going to take that big chunk of chocolate, you got to take the big shrimp. Hey, okay, I'm down. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. So. Chocolate covered seafood. You ready? <laughs> no. Oh, I guess we are. <laughs> yes, everyone, please so, vote in the comments. Will. Shrimp chocolate? Well, chocolate shrimp? So, the texture <laughs> of shrimp already is very... Spongy? Yeah. Mm. And when you add the, the chocolate to it... I could not taste the shrimp. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I think the chocolate overpowered it. overpowered it. the shrimp. Yeah. Did it? I just tasted it sure like did. the spongy texture. I, see, I'm not a fan so of like shrimp in general. So it's like almost like a cheese puff of chocolate. A cheese puff of chocolate? Because it was like puffy, like a, like a cheese puff, like sponge. 
So I'm going to be honest with you guys. Rachel was making these last night, and I tried it while <coughs> the chocolate was still hot, and I'm not, I can eat anything. I'm not a queasy person. I almost threw up. Really? So when Maybe it's it was hot, the temperature thing. It must it be, because the shrimp was cold. Because that the was, shrimp was cold and the chocolate yep, was hot. And it, <laughs> Did you cook I the cook, shrimp? It was, it was already cooked. Oh, it was, it was like frozen it was, shrimp. Okay, good. <laughs> we just dipped <laughs> uncooked shrimp. Just in. raw shrimp. It was, um, it was not good. Uh, no. <gasps> I'm down. Did you do hang loose with yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, no. Awesome. The, see, the, the texture of the shrimp is just awful. When, is when you combine it with it, especially when you combine it with the, uh, the chocolate. I did, not, I did not enjoy that. I did not. Nope, nope. Nope. <laughs> All right, next we have chocolate-covered pickles. Hey, praise God. Now, this is going to be interesting. Chocolate-covered pretzels. I feel pre like pre the... Prickles. Pre pick pickles. These, <laughs> these are dill, dill chips? Yep. Okay. That's good. So I feel like the dill is really going to make the chocolate mm. pop. Yeah. It does. Oh, my. That's good. I feel like we Describe can market this. Describe what you were experiencing. Um, this is like Super Bowl salty. snack right here. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, this is... um. Oh my! I feel like this is something that uh, we could actually like sell this. But These I feel are like good. this is one of those that if you ate too many, it would tear your stomach up. Maybe. Mm, because you don't really, because the chocolate overpowers like the vinegar and everything in the pickle, mm. and a lot of vinegar on your stomach can do some damage. Interesting. Yeah, let's let's see I how like many pickles size. it takes for that to happen for me. <laughs> <laughs> it works. It feels like today we've just found what are the best snacks for our upcoming Super Bowl. Yep. I concur. Do you want to try one? I would love to try one. Should they try it at home? Hmm? Should they try it at home? I would. I'd I definitely would. do this. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. Do it. All day long at home. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Oh, In that's fact, weird. Julie Buck? <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, that's weird. <laughs> you party Sam. Um, it's all the, I feel like you're getting all the guys. Mm -hmm. Because you're all guys, it's a different reaction. It is. is it? So, we'll we, see, so do you want to try the shrimp? Nope. No, I'm good. <laughs> As a guy, I can almost eat anything. Yeah. yeah. Like, we've been through this before. Ironclad stomach. Like, yeah. To make me sick, it's got to be super disgusting. Yeah. Or I can eat it. We I should, can force myself to we, eat about anything. We should yeah, go now, back if you to brought, the like, If you brought, like, oysters up here, chocolate-covered oysters. It. I'm done. Yeah. I, I have tried oysters. Yeah. I cannot I'm do it. I'm out. I can't eat them. I'm out. I'll gag. You hear yeah. that, Eo? Make sure next time we get the chocolate-covered oysters. If you want to see Paul <laughs> gag on the podcast. <laughs> well, I, I feel like we should go back to, like, the original where we had, like, the, um, it was, like, the crushed Doritos and, and, uh, what, what all was in that? Ranch dressing, barbecue sauce. Crushed up goldfish. Cocoa puffs. Guys, and I'm trying to enjoy these. Okay, right now. They're still, All yeah. right. What's left? Lastly today, we have, do they have these in the north? I don't know. We have chocolate north. covered in the northern America. We have chocolate covered <laughs> Slim Jims. Above, above the Mason-Dixon. Why, would, why would we have these in the north? <laughs> I don't is, know. Yeah. These actually look really good. I don't know. Oh, what that's delicious. <laughs> that's a genius. Go ahead and pop oh another one bad boys up. Well, guys, today has definitely not been a disgusting episode. At least with the boys. You should definitely try this. That's no. pretty cool. <laughs> no, this doesn't work. Not for you? No. Really? This is good. Yeah. This is good. This you get some protein mm. along with your chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that would have been, been epic fun. if you'd go. I know. I was trying to be fancy in front of the live audience. <laughs> there we go. Very nice. You saved yourself. Yeah. Cut down no, it's not good. Do. Don't try it. <laughs> Don't try this at home. No, definitely try that at home. That's interesting. No. <laughs> nope. Oh, it's squished. That's what Slim Jims do. <laughs> they're they're very. So you get like the greasy from the Slim Jim with the chocolate. Mm. It is really good. The, okay. the meat and then like the little saltiness too. Mm. It's common. It's a perfect combination. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Oh. Take that. Like, Golden Corral, here's your next idea. The chocolate fountain with strawberries, chocolate fountain with Slim Jims. Mm. Yeah, and pickles. And pickles. I'll honestly. From now on, actually, you know what I'm going to do? They've already got pickles on the salad bar. Just I'm just going to start going over there to the chocolate fountain with pickles. There you go. <laughs> Just get a whole shish kebab full of pickles. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, <laughs> Maybe we should try it with chicken legs and everything. Can we Let's do, do that? Let's do that tonight. Let's do it. You've right. seen it first on Golden Food Mash. Open yet? Chocolate covered, basically everything works for no. most everyone. Unless it's grasshoppers. No. Those were disgusting. Maybe that's next time. <laughs> we'll see yeah, you on the next teeth. episode of Food Mash. But right now, we have Claire with Barrett. Getting holy. God is good. Thanks for being on today. We are going to do our daily confessions together and see the Lord move in your life, in my life, and for everybody who will be watching in the future. We always like to start off our time of prayer with a verse to build our faith. And today, the verse that stuck out to me was Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6. And we're talking about Abraham. God is speaking to Abraham. And it says, Then he, Abraham, then Abraham believed in the Lord, and God reckoned it to him as righteousness. Because Abraham believed, God reckoned that to him as righteousness. When we believe in the things of God, we will see them happen in our life. And today, these confessions that we have, they are words that come straight out of the word of God. They're prayers that are backed by Bible verses themselves. And so when we pray, we can expect to see the Lord move. We can expect to see our words come to pass as we put faith. But I was talking to somebody today in James chapter 1. It's so important that we make sure that we believe that we receive whatever we ask for. Because it says that if we doubt, that it's like a we're like a double-minded man, unstable in all of our ways. But if we put our belief on the word of God, we won't be unstable. We will have our feet on a firm foundation, and that firm foundation is the Lord. So today, we're going to pray, and the Lord is going to move in you, through you, and for you. Amen. I'm gonna, I would like to pray a prayer of blessing over you, but first, let's do our daily confessions. Confession number three. Going in order of where we were yesterday, we were on confession number two. Confession number three today says, we have, uh, I think that's number four. Can we do number three? We have divine health in our bodies now. And we carry an anointing for supernatural healing. Now match your voice, join your voice with mine and say, We have divine health 
in our bodies now. And we carry an anointing for supernatural healing. When I touch my hand to someone who's been battling sickness, sickness leaves in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for it. Thank you for supernatural health. Thank you, Lord, that every person under the sound of my voice right now, that the divine healing power of God is manifested in them. Thank you for lining our bodies up with your word. By your stripes, we were healed, are healed now, and we carry a power that heals every sickness, every disease. In Jesus' name. Confession number four. Every weapon, join your voice with mine again, every weapon formed against us is exposed, will not prosper, and is destroyed. Lord, in the name of Jesus, every weapon that the enemy tried to form against your people, we ask right now that those weapons be destroyed. Right now, right now, we ask in Jesus' name that every bit of cloudiness and fogginess that would have tried to confuse and blind the minds of your people, we ask right now that that weapon of cloudiness is gone. Wind of God, blow it away. Blow it away. Blow those things away. In Jesus' name, just like a plow truck comes through and clears away snow after it's fallen. Lord, in Jesus' name, let the anointing come and plow a clear road in what has looked to be hazy. In Jesus' mighty name. And Father, for every person who is watching this broadcast right now when it's live, whether it's in time to come, no matter what, there is no distance in time, there's no separation, whether it's physical and spiritual, it all, Lord, you work that together. In Jesus' name, blessing be for every person watching. Peace of God manifest right now in homes, in the lives of those people who are watching. Peace of God rise up right now in homes that have felt rocky and tumultuous and have just felt unstable. Lord, let the peace of God rise up right now in every person's home. Lord, we command your angels to surround their property lines. We thank you for the blood that covers and protects and heals and makes new and restores. I thank you, Lord, that today for somebody watching, Someone watching, grab a hold of this. It, so, it's for someone specific, but this can be for you too. Today is a brand new day. It's a brand new day of intimacy with your Lord. It's a brand new day in your calling. It's a brand new day full of hope. It's a brand new day full of a future and full of promise and full of potential for God. Today is a brand new day. Say it. Today is my day. It's brand new and I'm brand new in God. The old things have passed away, but behold... I have been made new, and you have. And Lord, we thank you for your grace and peace being on every single person who's watching. And Lord, as we believe, let it be counted to us as righteousness. We love you and we praise you. We worship you. We give you all glory and honor because all of this comes from you. Every good and perfect gift, it's you. It comes from you. You're the originator of it. You create it. You are what is good, and we praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for being on with prayer. Now, stick around because for some reason we're world premiering this Truth Talk video. Buckle up. <laughs> it's going to make you laugh. <laughs>
are going to play a game today where we spin each other in chairs and then try to catch each other. What could go wrong? Lots. 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 <laughs> Did you just run against my legs like it's one of those doors? <laughs> run, run, catch it! Catch it! Catch your legs! Well, that was that. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed our super random truth talk video. But right now, it is time for top 10 candies. I have, against good judgment, asked Paul to be a part of this because I am 100% positive that my top candies are not his top candies. And well, you've seen what happens when Paul and I together come into a disagreement. See, I'm not a huge a candy person anyways. This is true. I'm more of food. It's true. So like, maybe you'll be gentle. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Here we go. What are the best top 10 candies, according to Barrett Diane Nauer? Number 10 is Hershey's Cookies and Cream Bar. Mm. Hershey's Cookies and Cream Bar. 
It's delightful. It brings me joy. I could eat. I don't like white chocolate, but uh, I like I that. I despise white chocolate. It tastes mm -hmm. like wax. But that has such a great cookie ratio mm -hmm. that it counteracts the wax. I just love the serious judgment that I heard as soon as the image <laughs> popped up. <laughs> it's, it was one solid note that just stayed there for like 10 seconds. <laughs> Holly says that's a good one. Okay, as we're going through this, tell me what you guys think your number one candy would be. And we'll see if three, it's on Pastor the list. Cole said three musketeers. I it's agree. True. Okay, number nine. The number nine candy, <coughs> best candy, top nine candy, as oh, the no. Cadbury cream egg. No. It's, why is no. that such I a like gross So disgusting. Do you say you do or don't? Oh yeah, I do. Yeah. Why is that disgusting? It, for one, the texture is gross. <laughs> it is cream and, and then chocolate. it's like yeah. super, 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 super sweet. That's why you only have it one time a year yeah. at Easter. Can, and it sustains you. It sustains you until the next Easter. Yep. I Do you guys like Cadbury cream eggs? I do. You know what on Easter what I like? <laughs> the Reese's cup bunnies. You just like or Reese's. That's it. You're going to be all. very disappointed with this list. That's though. all. <laughs> uh, Holly says, I don't like that, but Johnny loves those. See, Johnny and I, our palates are very similar. Yeah. Um, Buddy says the picture doesn't even look appetizing. Aww. Well, That's number eight. <laughs> What's number eight going to be? <gasps> it is sprees. <gasps> Sprees are so good. Those that? were the candy of my childhood. I feel like those you have to be like in the mood for for those. They're not like a candy like go to the gas station every time I go like that's my go-to candy. Like, oh, it could be for me. That's that's a I've got to be in the mood for. But I do I do like sprees. Sprees, I like the hard ones, not the chew or the yeah the hard ones, not the chewy ones. They're slightly sour. You would like them. They're slightly sour hard candies, but they're like, delicious. Like better than patch? sweet. They're good no. if you put them They're in Sprite. No, like Sour Patch. Like, um, better than sweet, sweet tarts. tarts. <laughs> I think better. Interesting. Be sweet tarts are like powdery, like yeah. granule. Yeah. These are not. No. They're, they're better. Okay. They're like Skittles. Kinda, but taste better. Okay, number seven. Holly says she may need to try those again. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely. <laughs> Kevin says that he loves me, but we have to talk. Um, that's fine. I we can chat, but I still think I'm right. Number seven, Kit Kat bars. Cause everybody needs a break. Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that fancy feast. Kit Kats are good, but <laughs> I wouldn't say they're great, but they're good. They're Kit Kats good. are so good. I'd rather have okay. a watch them call it. I don't think I've ever eaten one of those before. It's like a Kit Kat with Rice Krispie treats, caramel, and everything loaded into one candy bar. You should okay. try it. I think Kit I'll Kat try it. would have made my number 10, but I, I never eat them. So what I found out as I've been making this list is I'm a person who goes for length of time I can eat it over like immediate satisfaction. Mm. Like I want it to sustain for a while. So with Kit Kats, I have a method to eat them. Pastor Nicole knows my method because it's also how I eat Three Musketeers bars. And you bite off the sides and the top and you just start to take it. You can dismantle it. It's a great peel one. Peel the chocolate off. Is that a main banana. Pastor Nicole does it. So does Deb. It's a southern. It's, it's weird. It's an us thing. Okay, number six. 
Miss Chris said that her favorite candy bar is plain Hershey's milk chocolate. That is a good one. Okay, number six. Here we go. Peach rings. Oh, no. The Definitely. candy. No. That's delicious. You know what these are good for? Yeah. Throwing at people. <gasps> Into their mouths so they can eat them. No. Yeah. Peaches are disgusting. They, I do not. I like nothing with peaches. Abby's on my side with this one. No peaches for me. At least having it on the list. There's millions of peaches. And they're free, but not for me. Peach right. rings are so good. Way more what did you that. eat as a kid? <laughs> nothing. He nothing. ate cupcakes. Uh, Meat. Food. Slim Jims. The difference Jake. between me and my sister when I was growing up, my sister would eat all the candy. I demanded that you cook me something. What about peaches? <laughs> peaches are food. Peaches are nasty. The only fruits I eat, I eat strawberries, I eat grapes, lemons, and oranges, but I don't really eat the orange. I just suck all the juice out of them and throw them away. This is why Paul can't make a list, because he eats five things. Like, that's, that's it. Apples, but then after that, <laughs> kiwis, disgusting. Pineapple, I'll... Julie says she also eats uh, Kit Kat or her Snickers bars <laughs> like that. Kevin's for peach rings. Um, Holly says peaches do not or peach rings don't have peaches in them. Peaches <laughs> can come from a can. Um, it's a song. Sure. <laughs> um, Pastor Cole says ew gummy anything is yuck and just fills your teeth up with sticky ickiness. We will sticky ickiness. We will. Agree to disagree. And Miss Joni says that she likes peach rings, but she's unsure why it beats a Kit Kat because I made the list. Um, number five. <laughs> okay, number five, top candy. Here we go. We're getting into yes. treasured yeah. ca category. That would be in my top three. Three Musketeers bars, and you have to eat them the way I just described. No. Sides, no. ends, top, no. bottom, no. and then you eat the nougat. If you eat them differently, Pastor Nicole will be happy to educate you on the proper way to eat. No, you, you have to bite it all at once. That way you get all the flavor that you need in one bite. Nope. Well. It's the mixture. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Nah, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> Number four. Dun-da-da. What will it be? Junior Mints. No. Uh, I no. heart Junior Mints. I feel like those were senior citizen candies. <laughs> They're juniors. What about Junior says old? Those are the candy I'm that so happy if I you go to like so happy. the senior living <laughs> facilities, there is an abundance of Junior Mints, Werther's Originals, and Peppermint Patties. Werther's <laughs> Originals are also great. So all are three, patties. you just listed maybe my top three. Yeah. <laughs> like those are all excellent. Um, yep. <laughs> that's what we always ate at the movie theater. That's what Mama would buy. Yep. And I'd like... I'd mix Sour it with my popcorn. Juice. The following candy from four upward is my movie theater candy. <gasps> like, without fail, that's my movie theater candy. Movie Junior theaters is one of them. are the sources of all candy. It's like snow caps. Who likes snow caps? No. Old people. That isn't yeah. old people candy. It's the same thing as a junior man. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> not. Number three. <laughs> number three. You're going to not like this one either. Raisinets. Yes, that's my number <gasps> one ever. What? That is I'm so That is shocked. my most favorite. At Christmas time, when they always sell like the big clear tubs, my grandmother would buy me my own tub. Like you cannot keep chocolate covered raisins around me. I'm literally stunned. That, that is my all time favorite candy. I thought I was going to get to that one and have you be like, get out of here, Bear. Nope, Raisinets are dried up. That prunes. is my favorite candy of all times. So if I go to the movie theater, I'm getting Raisinets and Sour Patch Kids. That pleases me. That, that makes up for all the, the rest of this. Okay. I, I forgive everything that's happened before. <laughs> Kevin says Raisinets are awful. Kevin is wrong. 
Um, it's a fruit and chocolate. Raisin nuts are delicious. Raisin nuts are so good. They're not candy, though. It is. It's chocolate. But no. Y yes. No. You buy it in the candy, candy section. Yep. No. I don't feel this like goes back candy. to our Cheez-Its chips and <laughs> and no, because you buy them with the crackers. Yeah. You don't buy it in the produce section. Buddy says he's are, disappointed. I told you yesterday, Buddy, that I couldn't promise you wouldn't be disappointed. Um, okay, number two. Now, number two is very specific. Mm. Number two. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, this yeah. specific type of gummy worms, not the trolley bright stuff, not anything else. This specific type, gas station gummy worms. The two for are a dollar. The best, <laughs> hands down. The trolley bright ones yep. do not have as much flavor. They're often stale but because they're, they're mass produced and they're not as good. But they're deceiving though because they're not really that sour. They're not. They're I don't more want, sweet. I don't want them super sour. Those ones aren't super sour. But they have way better flavor, the texture is excellent, and you can buy two for a dollar. And they never go bad. And well, they never go soft. bad. <laughs> they're soft because they're fresh. And if you, yes. And, and if you leave them in your car during the summer, it's one giant sour. <laughs> yes. Yes. It has to, like, I'll eat the other kinds, but as far as, like, why they're number two, they're the best of the gummy worms. Like, they're the best of there. <laughs> Here's my number one. Smooth, my all-time. Here we go. Like gummy worms are my road trip things, but like the number one candy of all time, according to Barrett Nauer, which is not gospel, clearly. <laughs> number one, oh. peanut butter M&M's. Oh, peanut M&M's. Oh, the joy. Peanut M&M's. No. Peanut butter M&M's. They beat out Reese's for me. They beat out oh. any other type of peanut butter candy. They're the best type of candy. Reese's like, Pieces it's, oh. is better than M&M &M peanut butter. No. Yes. It does, no. I'm not even sure it's real peanut butter. It's probably not. It's, not. it's, it's probably not. all lies, but the lies taste delicious. Skittles are nasty. Buddy wants to know where Skittles are. They're in the trash can is where they are. They're disgusting. I'm leaving out here. The sour Skittles are delicious. <laughs> sour Skittles are amazing. They are nasty. I No, Skittles weren't even an honorable mention. Reese's were going to be my honorable mentions. Reese's Pieces. Yes, Reese's. Reese's, Reese's pieces. pieces. Reese's Pieces. I love Reese's Pieces. Okay, guys. Well, these are my top ten favorite candies. Do you disagree? It appears as though Buddy does. And Paul, up, up until Raisinets. Raisinets. We rebonded. Like, Raisinets. We rebonded. <laughs> Um, Pastor Nicole strongly says nothing beats out Three Musketeers bar. I'm sorry I let you down. I needed to be honest. I thought about lying and putting it at number one for me, but I figured honesty was better character. So love me anyway. Um, if you disagree with me, put it in the comments. And if there is a specific thing that you would like to see my top tens about, let me know. William has requested top ten VeggieTales songs. That list is going to be coming very soon. I may even pull in William Stephen Aldridge for this list <laughs> assembly. But, guys, now that we have finished the top ten list, it is time for the man who would be king. Today we're going to have Pastor Brian, Buddy, and Paul. Make sure that you share the broadcast right now. There's going to be a life-changing word that comes from it. You will receive from the Lord if you put faith on it. It's, you're going to have something special to receive from today. So share the broadcast. We will be back in 30 seconds.
Hi. Hello. Hola. See everybody. Hey man, I can't see the uh, I can't see the oh. screen today. So I got you. anyway, love y'all. How are you doing today? And uh, we praise God for you. Welcome to what's the word? What's the word? That's the Bible for that. The word is the word. Word is. No, bird is not the word. Um, bird, bird, bird. Bird is not the word. Then instantly, the kid came out of me and was like, that, "That's it." Uh, What's the word? And now that's going to be in my head the rest of. The day. Nope. That makes me happy. <laughs> That makes me happy. How are y'all doing today? Put some hands up in the comments. Say hello to us. We love you. If you haven't shared the broadcast yet, please share the broadcast, and it's going to be a great day. I'll tell you, what we're talking about today is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Do you know what chapter we're in? Second uh, Samuel chapter 6. Have you previewed it? Yep. Yep. It's pretty interesting what happens here, so mm -hmm. amen. And uh, yeah, throw, throw something in the comments, let us know where you're watching from, share the broadcast, it's going to be interesting, you're going to be blessed by it. Hello, Mom Crabtree, hello, <laughs> Miss Cindy Orr, hello, <laughs> hello, Kevin DeWicky, hello, my wife, probably at work, on her lunch break, amen, glory to God. Hello, Paul Stallings. Hola. <laughs> hello, Buddy Crabtree. Hi. So, hello, Julie Buck. She's waving. Amen. <laughs> the man who would be king. And your dad was watching earlier too, right? I saw that. Yeah, he actually texted me saying, because um, he said, we do have Slim Jims up in, in, in the north. <laughs> and I said, but not chocolate-covered ones. He said, you don't mess with a good thing. <laughs> I said, Amen. I will tell you, I think that I was, you know, watching y'all interact with that food mashup. I think it was a lot different as they were coming warm out of the chocolate mm -hmm. last night because I yeah. tasted most of those except for the Parmesan and chocolate. Mm -hmm. I tasted most of those. And as they were coming out still warm, it had a different effect. Y'all were much more agreeable to the food when mm -hmm. it was hardened and not warm anymore. But I'll tell you, like the shrimp warm in the chocolate that's not good we might have to redo this segment that was not that was not you a good it? combination i did yeah, i mean <laughs> it didn't make me sick like abigail but i was like mm -hmm. no this doesn't work <laughs> this and even the slim jim was not it was not right <laughs> it just <laughs> it was wasn't right. right it just wasn't right so anyway i'm glad that y'all had that test but Let's jump in. We're talking about the man who would be king, the man who would be a leader, a king of a country, a president of a country, a, a CEO, a president of a company, a shift supervisor, a manager, uh, anybody who would be a minister. Every believer, every Christian is called to be a leader because they're all called to make disciples. That means that you help lead people into a discipline of the Lord. So we have to lead. it. Every Believer is called to be a leader. How about a servant leader? Every minister, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, you're called to be 
a leader to influence people and lead them into the ways of God. And so, but how can we be a good leader if we don't study to show ourselves approved? So that's what we've been talking about now for how many? Part 54. <laughs> Part 54. And really, what we've been doing is we've been examining First and Second Samuel and looking at the lives specifically of King Saul and uh, King David and some other kings along the way. But these are the two main uh, characters here. And we see what to do, what, what works and what doesn't, what's right and what's not right. And we see exactly what, what they're doing. Today we're actually going to see David make a mistake uh, today. And that's part of the reason why it's interesting. He actually makes a couple of mistakes in this. And uh, so let's go ahead and dig in. Second Samuel chapter 6 and uh, verse 1. It says, Now David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. Uh, 30,000 chosen men. So remember when he had 600 men in a cave? Yeah. You know, remember before that he had just a couple hundred men, right? Yeah. Uh, and remember before that it was just him running from Saul. If you will be obedient to the Lord, look at what's happening now to David. He's being promoted. He's given more responsibility, more authority. A good leader knows how to be diligent. Please put that in the comments. A good leader knows how to be diligent. A good leader knows how to be diligent. All right, and then it says this, uh, verse 2. And David arose... And went with all the people who were with him to Baal Judah to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name, the very name of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned above the cherubim. They placed the ark on a new cart that they might bring it from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill. All right, so just pausing right there. Why were they having to bring the, the ark back? <coughs> Why, why were they having to bring the ark back? Because King Saul, in one of his things that he did, he messed up. He takes the ark into battle, thinking that just taking the ark into the battle is going to win it for him. He loses the battle. The Philistines capture the ark, right? So remember, one of the keys of a good leader is they're constantly inquiring of the Lord. Mm. Well, Saul didn't do that. Saul yeah. didn't do that hardly at all. And because of that, he goes into a battle he shouldn't have been in. He wasn't prepared. He hadn't sought the Lord on it. He loses the Ark of the Covenant. He loses that Ark in that place. So now the Philistines capture the Ark, and they think, oh, man, we got the Ark of the Lord. You know, now we're in control. Well, they take the Ark back, you know, to Philistine land. And all of a sudden, they, you know, stuff goes wrong. And they're having tumors and everything else. And finally, some smart person goes, give the ark back. <laughs> take it back. So they take it back, and it ends up basically at the house of Abinadab. And it was there, I think, for 20 years uh, that it had been there. I think it may say this here. Oh, no, it says that when they took it, uh, took it back. So it's been there for quite some time. But David knows it's time to get the ark back where it belongs and bring it to Jerusalem. And uh, so they go to do that. Now, let's, but here's a question, and I want you to watch. Remember how many times David has inquired of the Lord? But he doesn't do it right here. Yeah. He's about to touch the most holy thing of Israel, and he doesn't inquire of the Lord. Hmm. Oops. 
<laughs> this is a mistake. And so here, here you see, all of a sudden, he, he's inquiring of the Lord. And this, this section of scripture has bothered me many times before. Have you ever read through, and you know, you guys probably know what's about to happen, but it has bothered me in the past. Has it bothered you before when you've read it? And so let's just read what happens, and then we'll uh, diagnose some of it, okay? And it says, they placed the ark of God on a new cart that they might bring it from the house of Abinadab. Now, see, they've already messed up, and they don't know it, okay? First thing that they did was they didn't inquire of the Lord. This is actually the second mistake, all right? And we'll talk about that. The house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were leading the new cart. So they brought it with the ark of God from the house of Abinadab, which was on the hill, and Ahio was walking ahead of the ark. Meanwhile, David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with all kinds of instruments made of fir wood, with lyres, harps, tambourines, castanets, and cymbals. So like, they're, they're, they're happy, they're celebrating, they're worshiping, they think nothing is out of order, they're expecting this is going to go well, but they don't realize they've already missed some things. Then, verse 6, But when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached out towards the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen nearly upset it. So somehow there's a little bit of controversy of what happened exactly to upset the cart uh, and the oxen. Some people say they stumbled, some people say they got stuck, uh, but somehow the ark is now upset. And Uzzah, who was a son of Abinadab, remember the ark was in Abinadab's house for close to 20 years. His son reaches out to steady the ark. And watch this. Uh, Verse 7, and the anger of the Lord burned against Uzzah, and God struck him down there for his irreverence, and he died there by the ark of God. Verse 8, David became angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah, and that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? And David was unwilling to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David with him, but David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite. Thus the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Okay, so now we'll see later exactly what happens with the ark beyond that point, but let's really look at this section of the story. So I know for me... When I see Uzzah, to me, it looks like he's just trying to help. And now he's dead. <laughs> and so something went wrong. What went wrong? And one of the things that you'll see is that what went wrong, first of all, was the leader did not inquire of the Lord. When you're touching holy things, you don't treat them flippantly. Just understand that. A leader never treats holy things as common. And that's what uh, actually it says in the Old Testament. It says a, a leader or a minister, a preacher, the priest, should always should teach the people between the profane and the holy, the holy and the profane. Profane means common. 
And so here they are bringing one of the most holy things into you know, Jerusalem, into the city of David. And it's one of the most holy things. But this is the thing that we have no record that David inquired of the Lord on. That's treating it as if it's common. It, it's making some assumptions there. And, and what is that showing? It's showing a lack of reverence on the people. Now, what you see, what did Uzzah do? Can you tell me from Scripture what Uzzah did? Specifically, from the verses we just read, what did he do? He reached, put he out, his reached hand out and took a hold of it. And he took a hold of it, but that really wasn't the sin. Yeah, like, yeah. It was, uh, my, my translation says his error, but the actual thing is... His, it says his irreverence. His irreverence, yeah. yeah. It was, he was irreverent <laughs> with the ark. He was, listen to this, he was irreverent with the holy thing of God. Mm -hmm. Now watch this. Why would he be irreverent, though? Why would he be irreverent? He would be irreverent because the ark's been in his house for 20 years. Yeah. See, he's gotten familiar with it. He's been around sure. it, and well, he forgot some of the laws that had been set in place that were still in effect. Mm. Because if you go back into Numbers, I believe it's, I can tell you exactly. If you go back into Numbers, one of the things that you see is that when that ark comes in, there are some laws back in Numbers that specifically say you... Um, that specifically say, even the priests are not supposed to touch this. You don't touch the ark. Yeah. So one of the things that they would do, well, you would think, well, how do they transport it? Well, the ark had rings on it, and they would have poles that would go through those rings, mm -hmm. and they would never touch the ark. The poles would touch that, and they would touch the poles. Mm -hmm. And then they would lift up those poles. But it was an absolute law that nobody was supposed to touch it. That's in Numbers 4 and specifically 15 through verse 20. And you see a law there that they're not supposed to touch it. Mm -hmm. They're not supposed to touch it. And actually, if you go into uh, 1 Chronicles 13, it says, uh, it's, or it actually shows us in, uh, I believe it's 1 Chronicles. Let me see if I can find it directly here. Fifteen, yeah. Fifteen. First Chronicles fifteen thirteen. It it says this because you did not carry it at the first. So see, when they put it on the cart, what they had done was they had already broken. Uh, they had already broken a commandment and a law because it was supposed to be carried, not put on a cart. So remember when I said they've already made their first mistake. So that's First Chronicles fifteen thirteen. So right now, by the time Uzzah t uh, basically touches it, they've already broken several laws. And so what's happened? They've become familiar with what's holy. They've made something common that was holy. And they, it's become common in their thinking and in their heart. And they don't realize you're dealing with something that's not common. Mm -hmm. You don't treat it this way. This is not the way to treat it. Mm -hmm. You don't treat something that's holy as common. But that's exactly what they were doing. And they made a, it was a fatal error uh, on the sake of Uzzah. And mm -hmm. it was an error on King David as well because he's 
leading this, right? Which is going to be important in a moment. Moment, I want us to see it. So, first of all, he doesn't inquire of the Lord. They treat something common that was holy. They forsake the laws uh, that had already been spoken. Don't put it on a card. It should be carried. And then you don't touch it. And so because they had become familiar, they didn't realize the power that they were dealing with, and all of a sudden it caused somebody's death. Yeah. Well, this same thing happened in Nazareth. They became familiar yeah. with Jesus. Aren't you the carpenter's son? Aren't you this? Familiarity is one of the most dangerous things that you can ever walk in. Or walk in uh, profaning something is to treat it as common, right? Um, and this is... You know, one of those things that our job, our responsibility as disciples is to not become familiar. You know, to become so familiar that we treat things as common. So in Nazareth, they treated Jesus as common. And because of that, the Bible says he could do no mighty work there. Now watch this. Isn't there probably somebody there that was supposed to be healed, but because of familiarity didn't get healed? And they probably died early because they treated familiar something that was holy. So this still applies even in the New Testament. There are many people that even treat a church assembly as something that's common, as something that's common. And because of that, they never touch the holy of God. They never receive the holy yeah. and it causes early death to a lot of people because they don't walk in the anointing that is holy. Yeah. So familiarity can do that. A leader does not walk in familiarity. You can put that in the comments please. A leader will not walk in familiarity. Yeah. A, a leader will take the responsibility to put familiarity down. And a good way to look at that is in Nazareth with Jesus. Did Jesus do anything wrong? Did he ever sin? No. And yet he could do no mighty work in Nazareth. So somewhere there was a disconnect because Jesus goes straight from Nazareth to Capernaum. And in Capernaum he heals them all. So what was the difference between Nazareth and Capernaum? The difference is that in Capernaum... They honored him and treated him as holy, and in Nazareth, they were familiar with him, and they profaned him in that way. A good leader does, will not walk in familiarity. What does that show us about Nazareth and the people? What does it show us about the disciples of any, anybody? You know, what you see is this. You see that it is the responsibility of the disciple to put down familiarity. And please put that in the comments. It is the responsibility of the disciple to put down familiarity. Amen. I, I agree, uh, Miss Cindy. I see this, and it bugs me every time. She said people use altar calls as common, and they take rest breaks and walk out. That's the moment, one of the most holy moments of a whole service. It's not the time to go to the bathroom. It's the time to pray in the Holy Ghost and stand there believing for the people that are around you. If it's not you that needs to go forward that day, you stand and believe. You are exactly right. And you know, we have it, we see it, and we have it happen at different times. And every time it always bothers me because people are not discerning 
the holy mm -hmm. things of God. Yeah. You know, you'll even see in this day and age, and, and I'll correct it as the, Lord, as the Lord shows me, you'll see people come up to the altar and they'll be wearing hats. What are they doing? They're treating a holy moment as if it's coming. They're, not, they're being irreverent and they don't realize it. You know, praise God, we're in an age of grace, but in the Old Testament, that would be a bad, bad deal in that way where you're treating things irreverently. But it's not that we don't have holiness today. Remember in Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, yeah. you know, they treated common and the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. They lied to the Holy Ghost mm -hmm. and they fell dead. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then three hours later, a Sapphira comes in and she does the same thing that Ananias did and she falls dead. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, in Acts chapter 13, I believe it is, where you have Elimus the ma magician uh, or the sorcerer. Or excuse me, Elimus, who was giving the governor that I think he was a magician, maybe, but anyway, he was speaking to that governor, keeping him from receiving Jesus. And Paul said, "You don't realize, basically, you're an enemy of God, and you will be you'll be blind from this point. You know, you don't you don't mess with the holy things of God. There are still holy things of God, even though we're in an age of grace, and you don't play with them. I used to think, you know, because you wonder, like, don't touch God's anointed." And this is another thing that I heard somebody say one time. If you see somebody who's been touched by God's anointing and the, you know, a holy person of God and they're fallen, it's not your job to touch them Amen. with your mouth. Amen. You know? And just like Uzzah, you don't touch them. If they're, if they're falling down, they've messed up and they've stumbled in their spiritual walk, don't put your mouth on them. Because even though they might be messing up, just like David saw, what part of what made him great was he saw that even though Saul, King Saul, was messing up, he was still God's anointed. And he, and he asked that question multiple times. Who are you to stretch out your hand and touch God's anointed? This is a reverence of David that was right. And so it's one of those things where we don't play games with. But I love that point in Nazareth where it's our responsibility to put down familiarity. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. So if there was wrongdoing, it was on the people there. And we see right there, it was 100% their responsibility to put down that familiarity and see what was holy in God. All right, so now, what did Uzzah do? He had become familiar with this ark, it appears. And we know by scripture right here, in his heart, God could see his heart and he said he is irreverent and he just broke a law that was holy. He reaches out, you know, because he had become familiar, he had gotten irreverent. He reaches out with his common hand and touches something that's holy. And here's what you got to understand. If it's holy, it's holy. And, and a lot of people don't realize they don't get to come into the presence of God because they've not allowed the fire of God to purge them and to cleanse them, the cleansing, purifying fire of God. And so they can't go all into the presence of God because if they did, if they brought their irreverence, their commonality into the presence of God, they would die. Not because God wants them dead, but because common things can't enter holy things. And so you had a common man in irreverence, in sin, in worldliness, touching something, and he couldn't withstand the fire of God. He couldn't withstand the holiness of God. 
We must understand this. And so they had made some mistakes here. Now, I want to focus on David. So can you see how Uzzah missed it? Obviously, in his heart, he was not treating God the way that he should. Can you see how Uzzah missed it? Because that really bothered me for years because I never really had anybody explain it to me. I never really saw it in that way. Can you see that now? Yeah. Like, I don't feel as bad about that now, but at one point I was, I was upset. I was like, man, it looks like he's trying to help. I, I want to help. I want, don't want to mess up when I'm trying to help. Mm-hmm. It was more than that. He had, he had allowed irreverence to come into his heart and then thought he had the authority to do something. Yeah. Whoo. Let me tell you, uh, this is what I was going to go back to a while ago. Many times I watch people throughout ministry, many times I've watched people who thought that they had arrived at a certain point in their life where they now had the right to start to judge like people of God, men of God, pastors, preachers, different things, and all of a sudden a judgment came on them. What are they doing? They had become familiar and irreverent and prided themselves thinking they were walking at a different level mm-hmm. and then they grabbed a hold of something that was at a different level yeah. and it and it judged them. Mm-hmm. It's, I've watched that happen so many times yeah. and and people think and and you've watched that happen before mm-hmm. you and uh, whether you know it or not uh, many times people are sitting there and they think that they're called to operate in certain things. You know I see people on Facebook all the time they're like, well, yeah, my job is to judge this minister or that minister or call this minister out. You know, I got to, if somebody's going against the word of God, Jesus basically lets us know in his word, if they're preaching Jesus, leave them alone, yeah. right? If they're preaching Jesus, leave them alone. One of the Pharisees did a great job in Acts when he said, look, if it's of God, it'll stand. Uh, if it's not of God, it'll fall. But if it is of God, you may find yourself fighting against might find yourself fighting against God. You don't want to be in that battle. But many times I've seen people get to a certain place, pride you know, swells up in them a little bit, and then they feel like they need to put their mouth on, on it because they've learned a few things about the Word. Mm-hmm. And, and here's my thought. If you spend as much time tearing up somebody else's message, if you spend as much time going out and winning souls, you'd have a much bigger reward in yeah. eternity. That's true. You'd have a much bigger effect in the kingdom of God. Instead of being a critic, mm-hmm. how about we go and be a minister of the reconciliation, like it says in 2 Corinthians 5, yeah. that we preach to the world that God has made us right. Mm-hmm. Okay? So I'll say this, and then I wanna, I'll open it up to you, and then I want to look at David. But early on in ministry, I think every minister at some point faces this. Uh, early on, get out of here, fly. Um, early on in ministry, you wonder, it's like, okay, if somebody actually does something against a preacher that's anointed, like, will they pay the cost? Will they actually, you know, is that bad or is that just like something preachers make up so that you don't talk about them, (laughs) right? And uh, have you ever wondered that? Like, Mm -hmm. is that the real deal? Have you ever wondered that? Just like, is that really, is that really so or not? And um, so... That fly in Jesus' name, go away. Die. <laughs> and uh, have, I've wondered, like, is that really the case? And I'll tell you, it absolutely is the case. Now, after uh, close to 
you know, 11 and a half years in pastoring and more years in ministry, over 20 years in ministry, I have watched people who spoke even against our ministry, uh, which, you know, we're not like, we, we don't have millions of partners around the world. You know, we're still a growing ministry, fairly new, I would say. But I've watched people speak against us that are not here on the earth even to this day. I've watched them have major, you know, fatal mistakes in that. It is the real deal. Matter of fact, recently, this is not with us. This was somebody else. Mm -hmm. Somebody that was coming to this as well. Uh, they started touching people that were anointed by God, the holy things of God, with their mouth. And this was, you know, out of, out of town. Not, not here. Uh, but another ministry. But somebody was coming to the revelation that this is a real deal and you don't mess around with it. And I, we had been talking and having conversations about that. And they said, you know what? Just now at our church, somebody started speaking. Somebody started coming against. And, and we just got word they are eat up with cancer. Just young and eat up with cancer. Wow. When you touch a spiritual root, there's always a spiritual fruit. And it goes bad, it goes on the bad side as yeah. much as it goes on the good side. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it's not something that you play with. And it is not something you want to play around. And what Uzzah did here was he got a reverent. Think about how many people in the church today, they'll talk bad about preachers, they'll talk bad about that church or this church and everything. Forget about what the church is doing or what some preacher is doing. Just get busy doing your job. You know, and don't don't touch them with your mouth. You know, there's a moment to say, like if you came up to me and said, hey, I heard a preacher preaching this the other day. I have a responsibility if it was wrong and unbiblical. I have a responsibility as a shepherd to show you what the word says. But I still don't have to talk bad about that person. Yeah. You see what I mean? I'm not going to put my mouth, and, and uh, Tracy Harris, Brother Tracy Harris, who's one of our, uh, my spiritual fathers, he'll say, the tongue is the hand of the spirit man. And so when we start speaking on something, we actually start touching that person and uh, with, with our spiritual hand. And, you know, that's, I'm not going to get into that teaching, but when we start speaking wrongly about something or, or good about something, yeah. we're touching that thing. Uh, and so when we touch people that are anointed by God with bad uh, words about them, uh, we're putting ourselves in a place of very, if you're not near reverence, you're really close. And it's something that you want to be very mindful of. Amen? Amen. I've talked for quite a bit. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really, kind of, that's obviously what Uza did, is he reached out, touched, like you were just sharing. I, I find it interesting how many, like you were saying, how many people think that it's their job to defend God. Yes. You know, like, <laughs> like who, who do you think you are that, it, that, like, oh, like, I'm here to protect God. Like, like God's the one, yeah. like, Obviously, we should. We can't even protect ourselves, much yeah. less protect God or defend God. God yeah. can defend Himself, yes. and like you see that clearly throughout the Word. That you know, when someone starts coming against God's anointed or starts coming against God Himself, yeah. I mean, you see what happened with Paul. Like Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Yeah. You know, like like you you see right there. Like you're touching when you touch yeah. God's 
person, mm -hmm. God's man or woman, yeah. you're touching Jesus. Yeah. You think God's going to mm -hmm. play around with that? Yeah, and, and it goes all the way back to yeah. whoever curses you, I will curse. Whoever blesses you, I will yeah. bless. And so, like, we, we should never come to a place where we think it's our responsibility and it's our job to curse somebody's ministry because we disagree with them. You know, like... It's yes. like just because someone has a different doctrine than you doesn't mean that they're walking in sin and heresy. That's you know? right. And, and but like it's you look at the just the division, the divisive spirit that's just in the world today. You know, it's either you fully agree with me or you're a Nazi. You know, yeah. like that's that's how yeah. people you know think. Yeah. And it and which that, is actually a Nazi. The guy yeah. who would say that is actually yeah. in, well, operating in that. It's spirit. such a worldly way to think, and it's yeah. crept into the church as well. Like yes. I've seen videos from ministries who like their ministry is called like. Uh, wolves in sheep's clothing ministry, yeah. or whatever like and it's their job to just point out people's ministries and like I'm, wa I'm watching the video and like and they're talking in this like little shack <laughs> like yes. you know like like it's just a mess like there's not like like it's just such a small like crappy camera all this stuff yeah. and it's like and it's like this is our ministry this is what you know what we're Never supposed to do but like yeah, yeah yeah it's I like know. It's like, and you see people always arguing and fighting, all oh, that person's a heretic, all oh, that person's, you know, yada, yada, yada. My dad used like, to say this, you, you'll never see a statue erected to a critic. Mm, that's good. Yeah. <clears throat> that's good. Yeah, it's just, the, the world's mentality of the vision has, has crept into certain yeah. areas of the church and certain people in the church. Yeah. And yeah. it's because they've taken things as common. I mean, why do people leave a church, oh, you know, I just wasn't being fed there. Well, yeah. the reality was, it's not, be, it's not the pastor's fault. You just got familiar with, yes. with it. Many you know? times. Yeah, Many times. And, and that sp feeling of spiritual apathy, they just related to, oh, it's the church's fault. It can't be me. And then they yeah. go to a church, new church every four years, you know, and it's always the same. And for some reason, because that deception has fallen in, yes. they don't realize that the common denominator in all those faulty churches is them. Yes, you that's know, right. Uh, we've watched it time and time again. And one of the things that, that's really important, and please put this in the comments, mm -hmm. our corrupted flesh never wants to take responsibility mm -hmm. yeah. for our faults. Yeah. Our corrupted flesh never wants to take responsibility for our faults. Yeah. And you see that from the very beginning. You know, from the very beginning. Uh, basically, Eve. The serpent made me do it. You know, Adam, my wife made me do it, right? You see, our, our corrupted flesh mm -hmm. never wants to take responsibility for our faults. And because of that, if, once you recognize that, then it's easy for you to say, once you really get a hold of that and have revelation of that truth, uh, it's easy for us to say, well, it could be me. And then when you get to that place where you can honestly and humbly say, it could be me, yeah. then that humility shines the light and opens up grace in our life yeah. and we can actually grow. Mm -hmm. But until you're willing to say, it could be me, yeah. then you will basically in pride block any responsibility of fault. Mm -hmm. And it'll trap you in that place. And grace and humility is the only thing that'll free you from that bondage. Yeah. And uh, But... It, you're exactly right. And that's what I talk about when I say spiritual teenagers. They feel like they've arrived, and all of a sudden it's never them that's wrong uh, because they can see the world, you know, that they think they can see and don't realize just how big God is. So, yeah. 
So now let's look at David in this situation. So look at this as a leader, and I know this feeling, and, uh, but look at what happens to David here. So number one, he didn't inquire of God. Number two, he didn't enact the holy laws, right? And then a man dies. What was David's response? His first response. Ooh, talk about something dangerous. Mm -hmm. He was angry at God. David became angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah. And that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day, verse 8. Now, whoo. Now, this is a major mistake. Mm -hmm. Now, he doesn't stay here long. He corrects it. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you as a leader, when you see something go wrong, isn't it, can you see David is still a man here? He's, a, he's got a corrupted nature here. Instead of looking at himself, he immediately blames it on God, which is exactly what we were just talking about. Yeah. His corrupted flesh immediately doesn't want to take the blame for what just happened. Yeah. And he's the leader. Mm -hmm. He's the leader. Not only did he get angry, but he pretty much pushed God aside. Yeah. Sent him, took, put the ark into another house, wouldn't take it with him. So he's, I'm done with you for a while, and pushed him away. Yeah, which is not a good place to be. <laughs> well, at the very, at the very least, he said, "I'm not doing another thing until we figure out what's wrong." Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm not doing. I'm not going to put people's lives in jeopardy, which is smart. That's a good thing. Uh, we had a situation like that early on in ministry where we realized, all right, something's off. We don't know what it is. Stop until we figure it out. You know, we did that, and then the Lord showed us what it was, and immediately it went right back on track, and it was awesome, which this happens here. We'll talk about it uh, probably tomorrow, but look at this. He says, verse 8, David became angry because of the Lord's outburst. Mm -hmm. A good leader takes responsibility for his mistakes. Yeah. A good leader takes responsibility for his mistakes. Please put that in the comments. Mm -hmm. A good leader, secondly, does not blame others. It seems like it's the same thing, but it's good to remember. A good leader does not blame others. They take the responsibility. Mm -hmm. I've had times in the church where I've done this well. I've had times when I've done it bad. But I've had multiple times where all right, you know, something happened, let's say, in children's church. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't there. I didn't make the decision. But I'm the leader of the church. Yeah. And I say, hey, I am so sorry about that. We will look into that. And I'll take some of the responsibility and blame, if not all of it, on myself. I don't know what happened in that situation. But listen, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not I'll have a talk with that person. No, yeah. I'm sorry that that happened, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so a good leader uh, does not blame others for their mistakes. Now, the good leader also will go to those people that have made those mistakes and tell them the work that they are to do, mm -hmm. uh, which we can see in Exodus 17, I believe it is. But a good leader needs to understand that it doesn't just pass the blame. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's bad leadership. Bad leadership. And a good leader doesn't get mad at the Lord for being holy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a good leader doesn't get mad at the Lord for being holy. Mm -hmm. It's not God's fault that he's holy and perfect. That's not God's fault. Mm -hmm. See, this was Uzzah and David's fault. Mm -hmm. And David happened to not be killed by it, 
but he still was at fault here for not inquiring of the Lord and seeing what to do. And so what does is, what is his flesh immediately want to do? Be mad at somebody else. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, this is, I don't like this, God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the worst things that I ever saw in my life was somebody fall. Uh, they were uh, you know, doing things for the Lord, and then they mm -hmm. fell, because, you know, and then they got mad at God for it. It's not God's fault. It's one of the worst things ever I've ever seen. They got mad at God for their fault. This is David's fault. Yeah. This is David's fault. Now, can you, now look at here. I want you to see something. See, this, is, this is another thing. Don't just desire to be a leader. Don't just you know, desire a position. Because lives hang in the balance of your decisions. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be responsible for Uzzah's life? Because if you're king, you will be. Yeah. This is why it was so important when how what a blessed prayer it was when mm -hmm. Solomon said, Lord, give me you know, wisdom to rule your people well. Oh, what wisdom in that, in that mm -hmm. asking. In other words, he didn't say, give me this, give me a kingdom, make my days long, you know, give me blessings, give me money. Mm -hmm. he, he said, give me wisdom for the people. Hear this, a good leader is always thinking mm -hmm. about the people. We said that a few days ago. A good leader is always thinking about the people. Mm -hmm. See, in this, David was just excited. Mm -hmm. Look at this. Do you think he was wrong to be excited to have the ark back in the city of David? No, that's not wrong. Mm -hmm. But his emotion pushed him quickly beyond mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. holiness. Yeah. His emotion pushed him into irreverence. Mm -hmm. It pushed him to do something God hadn't told him to do yet mm -hmm. and hadn't told him how. It wasn't bad that he wanted the ark. It wasn't bad that he was excited. It was bad that his emotion pushed him beyond reverence. Yeah. A good leader does not allow emotion mm -hmm. to push him into irreverence or push him beyond reverence. Amen. A good leader does not allow emotion to push him out of holiness. A good leader does not allow emotion to push him out of holiness. Amen. See, this, is, this checks us. This checks us. This is, a, this is something that's checking us all the time. A good leader does not allow emotion to push him beyond reverence or out of holiness. Man, thank you, Lord. Those are good words. I, I'm, I'm really appreciating them myself, too. This yeah. helps me be a better leader. So then, that's what happened. And then he says, now watch this, verse 9. So David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, so remember, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, when it says this, we know in the New Testament that there is no fear in love, and God is love. So we know there's no fear in God. So when we see a fear of the Lord, what it's really talking about is extreme reverence. Yeah. And you can see that context right here in verse 8 and verse 9, or basically verse 7 through 9. No reverence on Uzzah's part, and David's angry, but then he gets fear of the Lord, which is extreme reverence. And I always put it like this. Uh, if you're actually operating in quote, the fear of the Lord and the extreme reverence, then many people can uh, 
think that you're actually in fear. Mm-hmm. You know, so walk in such an extreme reverence that it can be mistaken for fear. That's, that's the level of reverence that we should be walking in, mm-hmm. and that's good. That's the, the beginning of wisdom. And so he originally is angry, but very quickly he realizes, whoops, I missed it. And see, this is the heart of David that makes him great. Mm-hmm. He made a mistake, but quickly he changes and repents. Yeah. A good leader is quick to repent. So in two verses, he goes from irreverence and anger to reverence. A good leader is quick to repent. Verse 9, so David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? And in other words, he's like, how can this, I know this needs to happen, but how's it going to happen? He says this, how can it come to me? So now he's seeking the Lord. He's starting to ask these questions, which he should have asked before. And David, they were so excited to finally get the ark back in a capital in a united people. I get it. I understand it. But there's some things you don't skip over. Please put that in the comments. There's some things of God you don't just skip over. There's some things of God you just don't skip over. For example... When I was young uh, in the Lord, I started preaching in 99, I think, was the first time I preached, and uh, maybe 98. And all of a sudden, uh, in I think it was 2003, uh, the Lord had started moving on the Kohenai's heart that I would probably be a pastor. I've known for a long time I was supposed to be a pastor. So I was looking forward to that moment. I think it was 2003, the church that we were in, uh, they were dissolving the church and the who was the pastor was moving away. But still there was this group of people that were going to church there that needed somewhere to go. They recognized the call of God on my life. And uh, I'm still very young. I've been preaching for a few years, but I knew I had a call to preach and probably to pastor. I've been looking forward to that. And then all of a sudden, they say, hey, well, since, you know, since this pastor is leaving, you be our pastor. And oh, did my flesh want to do that. Oh, I wanted to do that so bad. Oh, I wanted to do that so bad. Praise God for wisdom. There's some things you don't just skip over. And I knew that as much as I wanted to, and I knew as much as I probably would later, God had not ordained me to do that yet, and he definitely hadn't spoken to me about that. He had not ordained me and separated me as a pastor yet, and he had not spoken to me. As much as I knew that I was called to do it, and that later I would, and this looked like a, a, you know, just a perfect fit, There's some things you don't skip over. And I said, well, the Lord hasn't told me to do that yet. But if he tells me, I'll do it. But you need to talk to him. Well, guess what? The Lord never told me to do that. We moved up to Albemarle. We went through some other things that we didn't skip through. The separation and the ordination of God to be a pastor came. And uh, within a few years, it didn't happen right away then either. But within a few years, he told me to start boomerang. And when we started boomerang, we knew this was the right thing to do at the right time. We're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. We didn't skip over it. And I can look back now at 2003, 2004, whenever that was, and say, praise God. 
Thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. I didn't skip over those steps because there's stuff I just didn't know, and I would have hurt people, and the truth be told, I would have probably very much hurt my family because I wasn't anointed to be in that position yet. I wasn't anointed to be there. He says, now, how can the ark of the Lord come to me? And David was unwilling to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David with him. But David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. So in other words, he's like, we're just not going anywhere until we know. And uh, the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom. And you can see Obed-Edom, he was blessed because of it. It says, the Lord blessed him and all of his household because of his presence. See, they were doing it right. They paused. They didn't skip over things. This is so important that we don't skip over the things of God. We don't skip over those things. Yeah. The, Go ahead. I, I was just, as you were kind of sharing, even just your story right there, like, I was just thinking a lot of people would look at that and be like, I think you you were just taking that a little too seriously. You know, like, oh, yeah. and that's, that's irreverence. That's treating it as common. You know, you talk That's about, the word right there. You, you're treating that as common. Yeah. Like, yeah. like when people start whenever you start talking in faith and people start trying to diminish that, they're treating it as common. They're treating yes. the Word of God as common. I mean, I've talked to, to people, you know, about, well, this is what the Word of God says, you know, and the Word of God is the Word of God. It's able to, yeah. to change things. I mean, the, if the very Word of God created all that's in, how much, that same power is in this, because this yes. is the Word of God. And so if the Word of God says something, we take it and we receive it. Yes. And I've heard people say, well, you know, um, like, uh, like James chapter uh, 5, you know, you lay hands on the sick, the prayer offered in faith shall uh, yeah. make the sick person well. That's what, yeah. that's what it says. It says yes. shall, not maybe, not might. But I've heard people say, well, then the Bible's wrong because I've done it and it didn't happen. You know, and, that, and that's treating this as common. Yes. You know, like ev even reading... They're third, assuming mm -hmm. that their incorruptible person yeah. handled faith a hundred percent. So they're they're assuming that they're the incorruptible and this is corruptible. Yeah, they're they're assuming they're. Um, I said incorruptible, but yeah. they're assuming that this yeah, corruptible yeah. person. Yeah. I said it wrong. This no, corruptible. Right. I, I did. Okay. I probably said it wrong. This, they're assuming that this corruptible man mm -hmm. handled that correctly, and mm -hmm. that the incorruptible mm -hmm. God yeah. spoke it wrong. Well, and that what kind of level of pride is that to say that? That's what I'm I mean. infallible, yeah. but this might be fallible because what I did didn't work. Yeah. Even if, I, yeah. Ooh. So what they're saying is, I, I was in faith and mm -hmm. it didn't come to pass. So yeah. my experience, mm -hmm. it's experiential doctrine. My experience yeah. tells me that's mm -hmm. not true. Wow. Oh, so let man be true and God be a liar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what what people do mm -hmm. and so many times it's one of those things yeah. where we we don't even realize what we're doing but where does that come from where does that thinking come from from a heart of irreverence yeah. that don't fear God that don't mm -hmm. esteem his things that yeah. aren't serious with the holy things of God yeah. it's not something you play around with yeah you know? yeah but when here's the thing though when you don't play around with the things of God with the holy things of God hmm. you'll start to walk in yeah. the holy things of God. Yeah. And all of a sudden now power will be released. Power will be released. Mm -hmm. You'll walk in his anointing. You'll walk in these mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Amen. Uh, Barrett said they're allowing their emotions of experience to move them out of 
faith and into common logic. That's mm -hmm. exactly right. So, see, this, this is so important that we understand these things. But, you know, I've found that people don't have an understanding of these things. They don't have an understanding of, of you know, holiness and, and God, godliness today. And it's, it's very uncommon for people to know these holy things. And because of that, they don't walk in the freedom and the bondage-breaking power of it. They don't walk in those things. It's important for us to not skip over what God has called holy. Now, that being said, we'll transition into uh, our financial portion of it. Mm -hmm. Don't you know that the Bible calls the tithe holy? Mm -hmm. yeah. But how many people have skipped over it? Yeah. They've skipped over the holy things of God. And Malachi 3 you know, verse 9, 8 and 9, will a man rob, rob God? Mm -hmm. Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Now, how are they? And then it goes on to say, you're cursed with a curse. In other words, you step out from the blessing of God. Now you're cursed with a curse. So here's, here's one of the things that you start to see is, how, how does this work? How does this, how do people get to this place? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because they skipped over something that was holy. Mm -hmm. So today, I mean, even as we're wrapping up, you know, the Lord told us at the end of each day uh, to talk some about finances so that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And you can go up in your abundance and go up in your finances. Mm -hmm. But here's what they do. Many times they'll come to a tithes and offering section. If you'll watch it, a lot of times, if you're ever watching online and you're watching the numbers, as soon as a minister starts to talk about finances, the numbers go. And what are people doing? They're skipping over a holy thing of God. They're skipping over that holy thing. And so they end up in a place where they're not blessed because they skip over the holy things of God. And they, and they, they just they jump them. And so one of the things that we should do, and this is what we were talking about uh, yesterday, is doesn't God know what you have? He knows more about what you have than you do. Like I said yesterday, he knows that that quarter is in that pocket in that thing that you wore three months ago and it's hanging in your closet and he knows where it is. And he knows when you put it there. You, know, you don't even know it's there, but it's there. That kind of thing. He knows where everything is. He knows everything that we have. He knows what we can sow and what we can't sow. He knows what, what our heart is, what we've purposed in our heart to give. And so, and he has our best at his heart. His will for us is even better than ours. His will for us is better than ours. Did you get it? I thought I did. <laughs> I, I, I grabbed it and I guess he got out. <laughs> I hear him. Die, fly, in Jesus' name. He's He's treating this as common. It, he is. <laughs> he's he's going to touch but, it and die. So what will happen is, doesn't God know what you're going to face? Mm -hmm. Yes. Doesn't he know uh, what's coming up in yeah. your life? Absolutely. Doesn't he know exactly what needs to happen and what doesn't need to happen? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Then he knows how to get you to plant what you need to plant so that you can have a harvest when you need the harvest. Yeah. And so if we skip over what's holy to God, then maybe we don't plant what we need to plant that day. And all of a sudden we face a, a time, it's like, man, God, why is this so hard? And the answer is because that day back there when they started to talk about finances, you clicked off. Mm 
<laughs> Ouch. <laughs> and who's, who hadn't done it? I've done it. I've done it. So, but our job is to say, Lord, what do you want me to give today? What would you have me to sow? You know, it. because he has our best at heart. And if we'll be obedient, and we'll, that's trusting God. Lord, I trust you above everything else. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to treat you like you're bringing common knowledge to my finances. Yeah. You're bringing a holy knowledge, and that's why I'm addressing you and inquiring of the Lord. And so people, when they sow and they seek God, he'll say, hey, I want you to sow this. I want you to sow this. Sometimes it's little. Sometimes it's much. It doesn't matter as long as it's obedience. Yeah. And we purpose in our heart to be givers. And Lord, I'll give whatever you tell me to give. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And we do that. What do we do? We stop skipping over the holy things of God. Yeah. And all of a sudden, holiness can enter that portion of our life. God wants holiness to enter into your finances. Why? Because he wants you to have an abundance for every good work. He wants you to have an overflow. And it's not just an overflow that will always take you. It's not just an overflow that will always uh, leave you with nothing left over. No, there'll be residual. There'll be an overflow. Remember what Jesus said, John 10, 10. I've come. The thief comes, steal, kill, and destroy. Leave you with nothing. Leave it destroyed. But I've come that you might have life in abundance. And the Amplified shows us what that word really means. Till, to the full, till it overflows. There's extra. It's extra laying around. There's an overflow. He wants that in every area of your life, including finances. And when we learn to not skip over the holy things of God, but to honor him in that and walk in that holiness. Did you know you can walk in holiness even in items of money? When we walk in that holiness, all of a sudden, we step into a place where the holy anointing of God can go to work supernaturally in our finances. So, Father, right now, everybody that's sown, everybody that's donated and given today, and they have sowed seed into the kingdom, into the good news of Jesus Christ, Father, bless it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Let it be multiplied, pressed down, shaken together, running over into their lives. We thank you for it and we praise you for it. Thank you, Lord, for growing us up in every part of kingdom goodness, not just the parts we like. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Father, for growing us up in finances and abundance, in holiness, in the difference between the holy and the profane or the holy and the common. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us your ways so that we can walk him and be abundantly blessed in everything that we do in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray for everybody that was listening to this today, Lord. Father, let their eyes of understanding, let our eyes of understanding be opened and enlightened to see the difference between the holy and the profane in our lives. Lord, let us see the importance of not skipping over your things. The importance of being reverent to you and to your things. Lord, and because of that, we know that as we step into that, our lives will be on a holy level, a higher level. Father, thank you for taking us to those places. And Lord, show us more so that we can walk in them. Father, we praise you. I just declare in the name of Jesus, from this day forward, for anybody who's hearing this message, that their life will be blessed and full and overflowing because of the decisions that they make today. We thank you for it and we praise you for it in Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Glory to God. We love you. Thank you so much for being with us. Anybody who's sown today, thank you so much for it. If you haven't shared the broadcast yet, please share the broadcast. And uh, we're going to, in just a second, turn it over to Barrett. She's going to tell you what we're going to be up to tomorrow. And uh, thank you guys for being here today, too. Did you get anything out of it? Yes, sir. Glory to God. Life changing. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Do y'all have anything before we leave? Anything to add? No. Oh, I was just thinking, like, in regards to the offering, Ananias and Sapphira, they took the offering lightly. They um, took the they offering took lightly. Common, yes, they did. And that was bad. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> Real bad. And that was bad. They did. Yeah. They took it lightly. Mm-hmm. You're right. But, yeah. That happened a lot. Happened a lot. So we love you so very much. Thank you for joining with us. I'm excited to hear good testimonies and good things come from what you're learning and what you're growing in. God is such a good God and a perfect God, a holy God. And as we walk in it, uh, it's going to be awesome. You know, we have these stories in the Bible not to get us down, but actually to teach us how we can stay up and stay in his blessings. And praise God, he laid these things out so that we could learn. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Barrett. Amen. Well, thank you for being here with us today. It's been a great broadcast. And tomorrow is also going to be a great broadcast. Preview of what's coming tomorrow. Thumbs are important, but will they be important with our challenge that we have tomorrow? Find out if it's important to Buddy. He's turning around really excited because he doesn't know what it is. And we are going to have another episode of What is Unfortunate. So if you are curious about what that's going to look like, We've eaten pretty disgusting things over the last couple weeks. Are we going to venture out to something new? Who knows? Tune in tomorrow. And we have Bible Q&A up tomorrow. If you have questions about the Bible that you are curious to find out what the answers are, send them to us. We would love to hear from you so that way we can answer by the Word of God things that have just been burning questions inside of you. We want to help answer those things. So send those to us and we will answer them as good as we can by the word and by the anointing. But we're just super excited that you are with us today and we're equally excited to see you tomorrow. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing. Thank you for sharing this broadcast. This broadcast is a seed and as you sow it, you will reap in your life. So share it right now. Someone you know needs to watch the replay and we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for being here with us and we love you very much.